Well, we're lucky to be joined by Phil Hu and my dad, Scott Wadsworth, to talk about tile. Now, Phil did the tile work at our spec house. It was two showers, uh, bathroom floors, laundry room floor, kitchen backsplash, and we're talking all about the materials and the parts of the trade and the craft that weren't really explained um, in quite as much detail in the videos. So this is a good companion episode to the, uh, the videos in the series. And I'll mention regarding the series, the house is done, the open houses are behind us, and you can expect some a video announcement here pretty soon about the sale. We're going to try to keep the audience a little bit up to date on what the sale looks like. And uh, by the way, if you came to the open house, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to meet you. It was really fun to kind of put some faces and names together and meet some actual viewers, people who've been watching the house series for a long time. So thank you very much. I, I'm sure you've had annoying customers like over your shoulder, watch you tile the entire job before, but was that is that any worse than having cameras right there doing that or what what was that experience yeah, like annoying uh customers way worse really? <laughs> yeah i mean you weren't uh, telling me what i'm doing wrong you were just simply videoing if i was doing something wrong you had no clue that comes later in the comments though right <laughs> yeah yeah no um yeah i've had customers that want to kind of hover over the top of you and um are constantly asking you questions and and honestly it doesn't really bother me really no i mean if they're there to like kind of pick me apart then it's kind of difficult because it's like well you know you did hire me you know yeah. i mean you <laughs> hopefully have done your research and mm -hmm. you realize that i i'm proficient at what i do so but yeah i've had customers that want to high grade the tile like they i set a tile and they're like oh i don't i don't like that one can you can you pull that one out please oh and wow i'm like oh okay and you know, um, one of my dad's stories is one of the funniest things ever. It was when he first started out doing this and, uh, he really wanted to impress this customer, right? This wanted her to be super happy. And so, uh, they were doing a slate floor and there were certain colors that she didn't like in this slate. Oh. And so she said, okay, so I, I really want to be involved with this. And he's like, okay, great. And so he said, they started doing, it. he said, number one, the job took like five times longer than it really should have. <laughs> yeah. And number two. It was horrible. It looked <laughs> the end horrible of the day <laughs> because you're high grading a natural material. And yeah, I mean, to a certain degree you can do that, but the reason that you bought slate was for the natural look of it. Mm -hmm. And when you start pulling out a certain color, inevitably it always happens. They're like, okay, so I don't like this color. I want, I want to use this under the refrigerator and under here. And, under, and I'm like, okay, well we can do that. But inevitably we're going to have more of that material that you don't like and we're going to end up having to use it in like the most mm. obvious spot like right in the entryway or something yeah, like that yeah. and it almost always happens it's yeah. like it's like a roof you go by a roof and when there's not a color match between different bundles or two different truckloads <clears throat> and you get this shade and then the next shade kicks in oh right there with two different right. product runs right. from but the yeah. factory. that's more innocent because when you're in the sun's on you you just grab the next thing you don't know but when the person's like let's yeah. take that one out i yeah. mean when it's done it's yeah. sort of like well remember that tile yeah. right right it's like right. you got to really trust the order that can come from randomness just like just don't think about it let it be random and almost trust that more than your own <laughs> yeah uh, I, I it always cracks me up when people are like i want I, I want it to be random and i'm like okay so i start sending it random They're like well no i don't like that and i'm like oh so you want a random pattern <laughs> yeah. that's essentially what you want okay <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. Dealing with the public's a thing, especially when you're in there putting a, a the finished product on. I mean, the painters, people watch people paint, people watch people put the tile in. They don't watch the studs get banged pull, up. Pull, you know. oh, sorry. Pull yours in and like a little more if you can. Okay. A balance of um, volumes. What, what about these these uh, porcelain tile? That, that has to help this because they're all good. Well, I guess you said natural material is worse, but what about with porcelain tiles? That aspect of like pleasing people not make quite as big an impact yeah i think uh, obviously with the manufacturing of porcelain tiles and um their ability to mimic what natural stone and really the the parts of the natural stone that the people like yeah yeah and it becomes much more uniform so you don't have so much variance in a product right yeah. so you take it out of the box and you know, 90% of them look very, very similar. So it doesn't matter if you just start throwing them down uh -huh. in the box. Yeah. So I hadn't thought of that, but when they're, when they're mimicking a natural pattern, they take out the extremes of what nature does, I would guess, and have most of their product, 90% of it, right in the mid zone where mo most people will be happy and they don't have as many extreme, as uh, eccentricities in what nature would do. I would, yeah, I, I would say t for the most part, that's what the manufacturers are shooting for. They're not mm -hmm. shooting for the extreme ends, but then some of them actually do go for that extreme oh. end because some people love that. Mo the movement like through uh, Carrera marble that yeah. really uh, defined veining. Interesting. Yeah. So they really capitalize on that aspect of it. I know Dustin takes refuge in that when he's stamping concrete. If something doesn't go quite right with the stamp, ah, rocks are weird and just keep moving, right? <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Yeah, these uh, natural stones, they are beauty, but man, in addition to all the Though these issues but there's also parts where they're super weak like aren't those veins like it's almost they there's breaks that happen right there i gotta think this porcelain tile technology overall has just made tile guys lives easier um yes and no as far as what you're talking about as far as the uniform density of the material mm. itself yeah it's become much easier when you're shoving down on a corner of a piece of porcelain you're not going to crack it along that veining line yeah right um, and so, yes, in that aspect it has it's, um, but what it did also introduce is a very difficult time bonding to this product mm. because a porcelain tile is so dense. I mean, the absorption rating on it is almost <sighs> like glass. Oh, it's really close. And so a standard, uh, one of your lower grade thin sets or some of the thin sets they used to have out on the market weren't getting the bond, the mechanical bond mechanical to bond. the back of the tile mm. because it didn't, the, the fingers of the concrete couldn't get into nothing the, to grab onto. No right. pores. Yeah. Correct. Hmm. And so, um, with that, you had to get new thin sets, um, with all these additives to it, this polymer and all this kind of stuff, uh, had to be brought to the table in order for them to bond to the backside of these tiles. Interesting. And with that just, you know, comes with a whole slew of new things to learn. Yeah. Pitfalls. New products that you have to do trial and error on and trying to figure out where does this fit in my company? Does it fit? Which one do my guys like to use? Which ones do my guys hate using? Yeah. You know, it's it becomes a real dance as far as how we're going to bond to the backside of these. And, mm -hmm. and then now they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger, which causes even more problems. So what do you mean now, just like in, in, as far as the trend go, like bigger tiles are in trend or now they have the <clears throat> technology to make bigger ones or what? what's going on with, with that? Both. Really? Yeah, so um, people love, well, I mean, the Achilles heels of tile has always been the grout. 
Everybody yeah. hates the grout lines, yeah. right? Because they're hard to clean. You got to seal them, you, got, you know, on yeah. and on and on. And so obviously if you have a 12 by 12 tile and you're installing a floor, you know, 40 square feet, you have just a vast amount of grout lines. Yeah. But as you start doing a two foot by four foot tile in that area, all wow. of a sudden you've cut those grout lines down so much huh. um, that the homeowner's like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is what I want. I want something that looks like tile, but is low maintenance, like a slab or like uh -huh. a concrete floor or one, whatever you want to put into that. But um, I think, I don't think that this trend is necessarily going away. Yeah. Mm. You know, I think mm. this one's here to stay. Everything seems yeah. to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, with the technology for them to make these rectified tiles so you can do 16th inch grout lines. Yeah. Um, it's become yeah pretty mainstream now. Huh. Interesting. And they're flatter now. And, and, and no. Mm, I don't, I don't think that I'm necessarily going to say they're not they're flatter. flatter. What they do um, what, what does happen when you start using the thinner tiles is there's more flex in the tile oh. itself. Oh. And so that's when these leveling systems that everybody's gone to now uh, for installing all these large format tiles come into play because um, a 12 by 12, you can't really twist it, right? right. When you're installing it, it, do it doesn't want to bend, not right. that much. So these larger ones, when you got a four foot run, you can actually push the center of that tile down about an eighth of an inch. Really? Huh. And the thin set will hold it there? Yeah, as long as you put a leveling clip on it and put it into place, huh. yeah, it has enough bond to the huh. backside of that tile to actually hold it in place wow. when you remove that. Hmm. Um, it's actually what I'm doing right now. I'm doing several thousand square feet of two foot by four foot tiles, and we have this leveling system. And without it, you could do it, but it'd be very difficult because as much as you can push and manipulate this tile to have the edges, you know, the four corners maybe lining up with the other ones, that center of that tile sometimes is domed Yeah, wow. and you can't shove the center down without shoving the edges, the down. edges down without those leveling clips. An, eight, an eighth of an inch is enough to feel if you're walking, you know, you could, a person could oh, yeah. kind of trip on or that. Or rolling a, a walker or a wheelchair oh, or any, yeah, yeah, anything click. like that. Or, or a table that doesn't like, that rocks, you know, or a stool <laughs> or something. Or rolling a pallet jack through there and chipping the edge of that tile because it's an eighth of an inch yeah. taller. Yeah, good call. <laughs> so. um, I want to um, reset a little bit and then we'll probably pick back up here, but will you... First of all, kind of tell the story of how your dad started the business. And then I want to hear again the story of you and the family curse you told me about that kind of led you into oh. <laughs> tile as opposed to, uh, uh, but yeah. maybe, maybe talk about Dave tile, how your dad got into this, and then we'll pick back up in modern day once you get to that point. So my dad um, moved up here from Southern California and um, they moved out to the Milo area uh -huh. uh, where my mom owned a piece of property. And so obviously- so, so Milo is a long ways from anything here. Milo is up, it's south, southeast, a good long drive through beautiful country up to South Umqua. It's yeah. remote. It's about an hour from Roseburg. Remote, yeah. yeah. And so um, anyway, so th uh, that's where actually I was born. I was born in Milo. And um, when he got here, he obviously had to work and support his family. And so he had multiple jobs. I think he worked for the forest service at one point in time mm -hmm. and had a landscaping business, but in Oregon, that's a little bit too seasonal. And mm -hmm. so he started doing bathroom and kitchen remodels. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as he's getting into this, he's, 
you know, obviously trying to establish his subcontractors that he wants to use. And he noticed that there was a, a huge lack of tile contractors mm -hmm. in the area. Mm -hmm. And so it was something that interested him. So he went ahead and um, started apprenticing with some of these huh. companies around town. This was in the 70s. Yeah. So he started doing this about 1980 is mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. when it all mm -hmm. kind of came to about. And so... Anyway, so he started to um, start doing showers and kitchen backsplashes and, you know, just, the, you know, whatever he could get, that's what he was taking, obviously. And um, his nature is just, um, he doesn't do anything halfway. That's right. If he is going to invest his time in it, he's going to do it to the very best of his ability. And that's the way he's always been and yeah. what he's always done. And so he, um, he's very creative. He's exceptionally creative. His mind just kind of works differently than, than most people's. And so uh, that and his customer care mm -hmm. is second to none. Mm -hmm. He takes care of customers like nobody I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And so with that, the clientele just started to build and his reputation preceded him and um, you know, we've been doing this now, what, for 42 years mm -hmm. and, um, not going anywhere, yeah. not stopping this, mm -hmm. but, uh, what you're talking about, the family curse is, so I've been working with my dad since I was about eight years old, you know, every mm -hmm. weekend, well, not every weekend, but a lot of my, it weekends, seemed like mm -hmm. every weekend, it seemed like every single weekend, yeah. <laughs> uh, all my summers. And so was he uh, like, we just got to stop by this job real quick and just do this thing. It'll take, take an hour. We'll be back. And then like you get home. At, like, Oh no, he was completely upfront about it. He okay. says, you're going to work today. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work today. Great. I wanted to go fishing, but fine. <laughs> um, so anyways, I was working with him all these summers and, and, um, <laughs> So I finally graduated and he says, um, well, are you going to go to college? And I'm like, nope. And he says, uh, well, then go get a job. And so I, <laughs> I start putting in applications and I don't get any, any hits or anything like that. And I'd always had this, um, thought of, I was either going to go into working for him or I was going to go to culinary school. And so, I told my grandma that one day and my grandma, uh, my grandmother and my grandfather owned a Chinese restaurant in Southern California and in Hawaii. And so when this happened, she goes, okay, well, she says, if you're thinking about going to culinary school, I have to tell you that our family has a curse on it. And I'm like, okay. And she says, the curse is that in every generation, somebody will be in the restaurant business. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, so you're telling me I shouldn't go into the restaurant business, Grandma? And she says, if you want to prolong the curse, that's up to you. So, But it can end here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, that being said, you know, I, um, I, I love to cook. And she says, if you love to cook, don't go into the restaurant industry. And I'm like, all right, fine. Boy, that's wisdom. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you love to play music, don't be a pro musician. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, so I followed, uh, in my dad's footsteps and, and it was one of those things where, you know, he started this to feed me. That was uh -huh. the whole drive of this, obviously. Um, but then it became something a lot more personal to me. It was like, not only did he start this for me and my mom, 
but this is something he built from scratch uh-huh. and it was not there. And now it's the business that it is today. Yeah. And I, I would, I just think I would have felt super guilty had I been able to do it and not kept that going, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm really proud to continue to do that. Yeah. And, be a part and of you that. have your own affinity for it. I mean, so, <clears throat> so OCD, right? I wish I had more OCD, more, more relentless. And I mean, your truck is clean. Mine is not. And okay. But I'm just, uh, and it does, you don't, so we, we did a, a little, a book on spot on finding a contractor, the thing you need to know. And not every great contractor drives a spotless truck. I mean, look at Dustin, best concrete finisher there is. And there's only room in that truck for him. That's it. <laughs> okay. Um, but so I'm not saying these things are always tightly connected, but you do really pay attention to keeping things spiffy and the, the final product is spiffy and your dad hammered that into you, but he didn't have to hammer too hard. I'm thinking, I'm thinking there's something in you where that was kind of, that gravitated to that at some point. I, I don't think he had to hammer it into me because I grew up with it. There you go. So would I've had the tendencies had I not grown up in it? Uh, probably not. Mm-hmm. You, my, my truck may be clean, but if you look at the inside of my van, mm-hmm. well, let's just, we, let's just not look at the inside of my van. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do that instead. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I grew up in this. Um, I grew up in these very narrow tolerances, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. like with the shower that we did at, at your house, <clears throat> we're doing 16th inch grout joints, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're doing a wrap on three walls uh, and one wall is off a 16th of an inch, you're off an entire grout line yeah. and you can see it. And yeah. so my tolerance is just, have always been pretty yeah. slim, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. feeling a 16th of an inch of lip in a tile. You, mm-hmm. you feel that and you have to adjust that because mm-hmm. you're going to feel it as you walk on it or mm-hmm. as you run your hand across. Yeah. It. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that just, I think tile setters in general mm-hmm. have that kind of tendency, that OCD tendency. Mm-hmm. I know all my guys do. We're all really yeah. weird yeah. about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You can't get away with it. Other trades are behind drywall and, I, get away with it is not like a slur. It's kind of like, yeah. no, literally you can get away with it, but right. you can't, yeah. this is like the thing that they're going to put bare feet on every day. Yeah. Right. And if you can feel it, they can feel it. You know, yeah. you don't have to be an expert to, like you said, run your hand over it and feel that little rub. Right. The, the first time I was on a job with your dad and, and we weren't, he wasn't working for me. I wasn't doing work that came ahead or was connected with his, but I was doing work on the outside of a house and he was, had just, done the tile on the floor of a laundry room retrofit or something. And the customer was um, a detailed customer and didn't, was a, was a person who didn't mind holding your feet to the fire for, (laughs) for, um, for aspects of your work that other people wouldn't even notice. He was, he's one of those, you know, just his personality. And I came in one time and I, I, this, this uh, customer was standing next to your dad, kind of chewing at him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause your dad had a different tile setter, put the floor in this laundry room. And there was a little bitty lip in between two floor tiles. And I, as I walked away, I just heard say, Dave say, yep, you're right. I'll have that out of there tomorrow afternoon. Boom. No, you know, that's no, that no minimizing or discounting the guy's concern. Just boom. Got it. That'll be fixed tomorrow afternoon. And, uh, I think he's, I think you guys have gone back and done work for this person again, which is uncommon because that particular person has expectations that a lot of people just can't meet. And I thought, ah, oh, put a check in the plus column for Dave who, 
you know, way to go. He didn't bristle. He didn't excuse. He just dealt with it. It was neat. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. My dad's customer care is second to none. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, he's exceptionally patient, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> and just really, uh, at the end of the day, wants the customer to be happy with what they have. And you can't discount somebody's, um, problem with something that you've done. Mm -mm. If they have a problem with it, they have a problem with That's it. That's right. There, you, there's no point in having a discussion with them to see if you can convince them that That's their right. view on that is wrong. <laughs> yeah. right. If they don't like it, they're paying you. Yep. Fix it. Yeah. That's right. There you go. Um, all right. So let's talk about tile a little more. And uh, I think we kind of have to start with systems because we did a Schluter system. That's what our viewers saw. Right. That's obviously only one of a million but that's probably what a lot of our questions are going to be about. So, um, that, so before we kind of really talk about Schluter and stuff, let's talk about some of the other options, because obviously when you were helping your dad at, you know, 10 years old on the weekends, you were doing something else. In fact, I remember one of the first sh shower I ever demoed, I, I was just like, Oh, no big deal. And all of a sudden I ran into chicken wire and I was like, what the heck is going on back here? And I, I feel like Every shower I ever demoed, there was something else going on something different. behind it. And I kind of, you know, even before, you know, we did this job, I just always thought of shower tiles as like, who knows what they're going to come up with next. There's, right. It felt like there's always like, everybody had like a, it's like a recipe, like at a restaurant, like this is our, this is our recipe of how we do it. So anyways, maybe kind of walk through like some of the big systems, some of the main ones you've done. And if you want to reiterate at some point, you know, why you're using Schluter more often yep. these days, but, um. Well, how did it, how did it all start out? Well, I mean, I, I think that the the first real system that there was is uh, the old mud set, right? So that's exactly what you're talking about with the chicken wire or an expanded lath of some sort. So what you would have, generally speaking, is they'd put up green board and water uh, resistant sheetrock, correct? And then they'll put up 15 pound felt, uh, staple the chicken wire to the sheetrock or the expanded lath if that's what they're using. And then you make up uh, fat mud, which is um, d people all have their different mixes that they use. But our standard was uh, four sand, four part sand, one part cement and a half a part of lime. And you mix this up to a consistency that you can spread onto the wall with a hawk and a trowel. Mm. And, um, you know, you spread this on around a half of an inch thick and then you tap screeds into the mortar on the wall to get perfectly plumb and the correct depths and all these things. When you say screed, just like, like a little, like a they're little, little strip. Yeah. They're of. little, uh, we used to take cedar and just rip it down to like eighth or quarter inch thick. And then you just tap those in with a level and a rubber mallet into oh. that mortar bed that, uh, your screed lines that you're putting up. Got it. And, uh, then you fill in on either side and in the middle, and then you take a straight edge and you rod that off to your screed line. Amazing. And you have a perfectly plumb and flat usually, yeah. um, application. And so with that also came, you know, before you even did that, you had to go in, you had to do a pre-slope, right? To your drain on your floor, on the floor. Right? which is the same. It's the exact same mix pretty much that I used in the video. Mm -hmm. um, but what you're doing is at that part, you have a two part drain. So you have the bottom flange that's been usually screwed to the floor. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, so you pre-float down to that and then you put in a corolloid pan or uh, which is what we always use, which is a really thick rubber membrane assembly. Mm -hmm. And um, you put that down to the drain, fold it up the walls, you know, and staple off, making sure that you don't have any penetrations below the curb line and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, and then 
you put the drain assembly together, you know, you cut your hole, put your drain assembly together after you've glued that Croiloy pan down to that bottom flange, put all that together. And then you would, we would usually float our walls at that point in time. Protect that Croiloy, Croiloy, get well, in no, there. We'd float. be doing the wall. Well, yeah, we'd, we would put down like something to protect yeah. that, but then we'd float the walls. Will you explain float the walls? Float the walls is when you're actually mix up the fat mud, that, that mix that I just said, and you oh. you have a mud board in there. Oh, okay, so it's chicken wire before this, and then you float it, and then it's then it's mud, and you're screeding it. Correct, as correct, it. yeah. So you float float all the walls, you know, um, and then usually the following day we would come back and we would float the shower floor exactly how I did yeah. in that video. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, that was the old school method, right? And it's been tried and true for years and years. Um, Pause comma. That's very similar to stuccoing the outside of a building. You're kind of putting in your scratch coat, yep. and then and, and then you're putting screeds in where stucco guys will just eyeball and straight edge it, but very similar to an exterior it, stucco. It but honestly probably sounds like an awesome shower. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's probably super strong, and that nothing's getting through that felt. That, that sounds like a pretty good... Shower. It is. There, there is absolutely no argument with that. It is a, I've gone back to our own floats that we've done, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and there's not a crack one. Mm. The corners look great. Everything's, everything's great except it's dated. Mm -hmm. Right. And they want to update. Yeah. And so for a standard shower application, I'm not, I, I will be the first one to tell you that a mud set shower is fantastic. You know, uh, it is, it's, it's the way it's always been done is mud set the way you would refer to that like system. Yeah. Mud that's set. a mud okay. set system. Um, <clears throat> the drawback to it is it's extremely labor intensive. Mm. It's work, it's, work, work. It's hard on your body. It really yeah. is. You know, uh, yeah, it's a lot of mud you're mixing up. It's a lot of weight. A lot of it's weight. a lot of repetitive yeah. motion with oh, a lot of weight. Yeah, your you shoulders. Know? Like, smearing that all it's up, a man. stucco life man it's right. hard except yeah. you can't you're not shooting it on and no, trialing not, it off no, oh man that. um so that part of it is um one of the reasons why i enjoy schluter so much because mm -hmm. schluter is so much more lightweight but the other where it really kind of turned for our company was we live in an area that's um a lot of retirement age people right? We, we have a place that people come to retire mm -hmm. and with age comes the need for barrier free showers. Mm -hmm. And it's not just age. I mean, I tore my Achilles and it would have been great to have a barrier free mm -hmm. shower that I wasn't hobbling in and out of my tub, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, what we started to really specialize in was wheelchair and barrier free showers. Mm -hmm. Um, so with that application, we started to have a real problem trying to figure out how we were going to integrate our waterproofing um, without with, a curb, without a curb in a mud set application. Because mm -hmm. it used to be that liner, but that liner laying flat. Yeah, that liner would go up and over the top of the curb and you essentially created a little pool yeah. inside your, your house. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, all of a sudden you remove that curb and there's nothing keeping that water in except for the slope of your floor so even if you had the opportunity in a new build or even in a remodel to drop the floor a couple inches in the shower area it was still a problem how you were going to run the croiloid pan out of the shower 
onto the main floor, which has to be waterproofed as well because you have a barrier-free shower now. Yeah. Because you can't glue Croyloid down to the floor and then glue your tile directly to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't drive nails through it because it's your waterproof membrane. So we started to have this real issue trying to figure out how we were going to do this. And so by that point, we were already starting to use half-inch hardy backer instead of floating shower walls. Right? What, what year do you think this is all like kind of happening or what decade? Maybe? Oh, man. I'd have to say it's been about... It's probably been a good a good twenty years that mm-hmm. we um, we were still floating, but we were kind of integrating into the backer board, mm-hmm. you know, cement uh, cement backer units, um, and so we were using Hardy backer and trying to figure out how to integrate that with our waterproofing, and so <clears throat> all of a sudden we got into all these painted on membranes, yep. right? You know, everybody has one. Laticrete mm-hmm. has one. Customs has one. You know, Artex has one. Yeah. And so the one that we, we, we started using Red Guard and, you know, didn't have, I mean, we didn't have any failures, but it was, we always had these questions. There was always something that happened during the installation of this that made us question whether this was the right system nervous. for us. Yeah, yeah. Right? And um, so we actually, the one that we really landed on was... Um, a product by Artex. It was eight plus nine. That's what your dad had me use in that shower that I put in out at my mom's right. apartment. That, and and that product worked really, really well. And it still works really well. The rub for me and for my dad was we want to be able to back up whatever we put in somebody's house, right? So we're using Hardy Backer for the walls or Wonderboard or whatever backer board unit you want to talk about. But we're using cement board on the walls. We're floating the shower pan sometimes. Sometimes we were using something called the tough form pan, uh, which is a fiberglass pan that's got an integrated quarter inch per foot fall in it. Um, but we're using all of these different manufacturers. You know, I'm using a customs thin set. I'm using maybe a map haze yeah. grout, you know. Even the drain is like some like. Yeah, exactly. Other company. Right. And then I'm using Artex for my waterproofing. And all of a sudden we've got five and six different manufacturers in one shower. Frankenstein. So what happens if I have a failure? We, I mean, everybody out there knows if I have a failure, every manufacturer I use is going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. it's their fault. It's their fault. You didn't use this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. Yeah. And even if we're just going to stop and go and just look at Artex in itself, I don't think that there's a manufacturer out there really that puts out a product that fails. Right. They've gone through so many That's millions right. of dollars of testing on these products. They don't yeah. put one out that fails in a lab. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <clears throat> now, entering into the real world where you have dust and temperature and humidity and you know, all Kids these different and, yeah, and, and and installer error. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest problem with all of these products mm. is installer error. Every single one of them. Yeah. Rarely when you have a claim is it something that the manufacturer did wrong? Yeah. yeah. Now, that's not to say they're not going to back you up. Right. But you did something wrong more than likely. Yeah. So in a paint-on application, the entire waterproofing that you're using is completely reliant on you following every step correctly mm-hmm. and getting the correct mill thickness, mm-hmm. not having a, a pinhole. I mean, literally, it is just a pinhole and you have... 
a problem in your shower. Yeah. And so um, I had kind of dug my heels in with Schluter for years. Um, we'd had a bad experience with him. And so I was really kind of jaded. And But I had this one rep that was just it was Don Corliss. <laughs> and that guy was just relentless. He said, come to our seminar, come to our seminar. And I was just like, finally, the last one that we went to, he had called us down there and it was when I met Ken. And I said, I don't know why you guys have me here. You guys have never answered my questions as to how your system is superior to everybody else's. You know, I understand that you have the solution for what we're wanting, but you can't give me the Mm -hmm. data that I want to tell me why it's waterproof. Mm -hmm. Well, they finally were able to um, give me the technical information that I had been looking for. And we decided, all right, we're going to give this a shot. And that was when we made the switch to Schluter. And I'd have to say that's been probably 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. And it's all the whole first half of the conversation is obsolete now for you guys. Cause with people seeing this, 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 by saying system, it, it, if you didn't watch it, it's, it's every aspect. It's the drain assembly. It's all the glues. It's the precise thin set mixes. Yeah. It's, it's the whole, it's everything under one roof, right? Minimizes Absolutely. installer air potentially down to a zero if you follow their instructions. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, the waterproofing goes back to a, a membrane again, or not a paint-on, but an actual, like, Croiloy membrane, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not using Croiloy, but they give you a sheet good that's waterproof. Yeah. So now I've got a three-foot roll by however long I need it to be that is waterproof in and of itself. I don't have to paint over that entire amount mm-hmm. of square footage for it to yeah. be waterproof. With it no pinholes. Right. Yeah. It is waterproof. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, there is still the opportunity for installer error if you don't do the seams correctly, if you don't do your, treat your corners correctly. I mean, yeah. Sure. But it minimizes yeah. the areas that could potentially fail on you. Yeah. yeah. So that's why that coupled with I can pack the entire set of wallboard in with me in one trip and if i rub up against the wall i didn't just take the paint off the wall or yeah and if you're a chunk out of the trim if you're remodeling a shower in a nice house you're not mixing concrete in the house right or at least not much right you know and you're not carrying sacks of cement up and down finished stairs yep. and 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 yeah exactly so hmm. um it's just made it made my career longer or yeah. the ability for me to do this career longer yeah. you know i can now you know, well, my dad's shoot, he's what sixty seven now. Wow! And you know, he's still going strong. He can do Schluter. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he loves it. He yeah. absolutely loves it. You know, <laughs> and so that's that's why we landed on Schluter. It's not to say that any of the other products out there don't work because they do. You bet. You know, I've seen them work. I've done them, and they've worked. Just all of the different applications that we want to do i can do all of them with schluter Mm -hmm. and so if i can just have my warehouse have just you know extra foam board and extra all set and extra curdy band and curdy mat and ditra and all that kind of stuff if i can have all that and i don't have to worry about oh i didn't get enough of this or i didn't get enough of that and i don't have it in my warehouse now i gotta order it yeah you know it yeah i i can just have one product that is everything that i need yeah 
yeah. It's interesting. The comments in the video, they busted my chops because they could hear I was pretty enthusiastic about this. Because right away, I could see that advantage. I thought, now, if I was a tile guy, I would love having a one-stop shopping solution right. instead of having to go to all of these different reps, all of these different suppliers, all of these different, all of it. I thought, yeah, that, and and seeing the, anyway, I, I right away kind of bought in hook, line, and sinker, number one, because you and your dad liked it. That's really all I, that, that was... That was kind of the the confirmation from the encyclopedia of tile setting that I put a lot of confidence in. Okay, if they like Schluter, I like Schluter. And then watching it happen, I was like, man, all of a sudden, I'm a fanboy. And this is the first time I've seen it go in. And and I guess that came out a little too vividly in my the, tone. I don't the know. The funny thing is, it's like a sponsored video. And you would think that they paid us like a ton of money. It's like, <laughs> actually... I. We should have just bought it because it's not that expensive. It would have cost us whatever, yeah. a thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah. And right. we wouldn't have had to put the teeny thing. They gave us this, which like instantly makes people. Discredited. Totally right. like makes all right. their radars go off. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> believe me, it would. Can we just pay him for it? Because it's, guys, it's not worth it. it and uh, yeah, but, but you got to choose something. And so, <laughs> exactly. but, but the point is, yeah, not it. It was not like the world's most lucrative sponsorship. It was like one pickup truck load of okay. foam board. And so, <laughs> so let's talk about a lucrative sponsorship. Kelly Guido and Upqua Sand and Gravel gave us a lot of dollars worth of concrete and rock <laughs> right at the beginning. And you guys went to their Facebook page and they, I mean, I talked to him. I'm taking him through the house like next week. He's just so happy. But compared to that, like most of the other sponsorships were relatively small, not especially dish, Schluter. Not to dish Schluter because no. if, they, if they, hey, we'll give you a semi truck full of Schluter. It'd be like, no, we're good. We don't, we don't want it. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you can I'll, take yeah. it. And honestly, we don't really want their money either because that's not how we like to do those things. But the point is, people there, they they definitely can notice when when. Uh, yeah, and I kind of felt bad because so many of the voices got sidetracked by that that they weren't recognizing what a great job you were doing with those 16th-inch grout lines, man. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, and I think I, I posted a comment on the very first video, and it was, you know, they said, you know, you sounded like a salesman. And I said, well, yeah, kind of, yeah. because, you know, you're very upfront when you don't know the trade exclusively, yeah. right? You're going to go ahead and bring in the people that you trust, and yeah, you're going to listen right. to them. And so that being said, um, I kind of am a salesman. I sell my trade. I That's sell right. my yeah. craft, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm passionate about a product, which I am about Schluter, then I'm going to sell that system, Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Now, if a customer comes to me and says, I want to use this instead, I'll entertain that all day long and I'm going to you know, figure out which one yeah. works and if, if that works for me great i'll do it but if it doesn't i'll say hey you know what you should probably find somebody that's comfortable doing that mm -hmm. system for you <laughs> but when i was explaining to you schluter yeah you know it did sound kind of like a sales pitch because that's what i do sure you know it's sure. not it's not intended to be like oh let's pump schluter <laughs> believe me they've i can't get their product right now they're exceptionally popular right yeah, yeah. yeah. they don't need me and you yeah, yeah like that's that, right. right. It's simply because <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go through a couple questions now that are, that I had either at the time or that I still have from some viewers about the system. And a lot of these probably apply to all tile work. So feel free to speak generally if it's a, applicable outside of Schluter. Okay. And the first one is from Kurzkeev12. Um, and he's wondering how you decouple tile from the, from the OSB with that mat. In other words, that mat glues to the tile, 
glues to the OSB. Correct. The tile glues to the mat. And we're talking about it like there's some kind of like decoupling happening. But can you explain how that works? Because the mat is tough. I mean, it's not like it's like like ball bearings in it or something. So, so it's an uncoupling membrane. Is, is oh, what it's okay. Called. Sorry. Yeah. So what it is is, um, so I'm going to speak specifically about Schluter, but because it's the one that I know the yeah. best. But there's several of them out there. Um, Customs has one. Laticrete has one. I think Mape has one. Um, but an uncoupling membrane is simply uh, a membrane that you put down that pretty much gives a barrier between your substrate and the tile itself. So on the un on Schluter's uncoupling membrane, there's a fleece backing on it, right? It's a white fleece backing. The fleecing on the back is welded to through a gluing process, hot welded to the backside of that plastic. But there's an air gap in between that fleece and the well in the in the standard Dietra, uh it's actually these little dovetailed squares mm -hmm. but it's only bonded to the bottom side of those ridges there so you go there's the negative you know you see what's on top but there's a negative under on, on the bottom of this that's actually bonded to it and so when you're gluing down you're actually gluing to essentially a floating section of that floor right? at, at those little protuberances correct so okay. everything the subfloor can move mm. independently just a little bit yeah which is all you need right exactly if it I pulls mean, apart half an inch it's going to rip apart but if it just shifts a little bit expansion contraction correct yeah and so it's it, it is very much the same as like the sand strata method when yeah. you're doing a paver right mm -hmm. so you have four locked in sides you fill in the section with sand you smooth it out, you put your pavers in there, and the sand compresses so much um, that it supports the weight, right? But anything that happens in the ground beneath, it yeah. doesn't transfer up through because it's sand. Oh, that's neat. So even the, the mat feels, and I know you viewers didn't feel it, but it feels tough and like just strong. But in other words, it it has the, it can move inside the product itself. Correct. Separate from the, the thin set of the glue on each side. Correct. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Next question. Kind of moving up the system here. This is from mega Rawberry. Is there a reason for doing the wall tile first? I've always heard to tile the floor first and lap the wall tile to prevent water penetration. Someone else talked about it like a shingling style. Um, well, first and foremost, I did actually tuck the shower floor underneath the wall. If you look in the video, when I'm stacking the bottom course, I actually took scrap of the floor tile, put oh. it down and wedged off of that. I oh. see. So there's a gap. At, yeah. There's a gap at the floor for me to do that, but it's not because of the shingling effect. Right. It, uh, it's a cleaner look for me mm. to have my floor tile tuck up underneath because it's harder to stand back and look at a grout line that lands on top of your floor, right? Because uh -huh. you can see that, or you can't see that as easily as you can look straight down, yeah. right? If your floor tile butts to the wall mm -hmm. and you have an inconsistent grout line, you can see it really easily. It's much more forgiving if your floor tile is underneath the wall tile. It's like a painter cutting in the ceiling and the wall line. They have a, a, a sequence they do that in so that the discrepancy in their cut line is harder to see. Yeah, same Correct. deal. But... So, the there is no shingling yeah. in the application of a tiled shower. Yeah. Because 
Um, more than likely, okay, so. Well, he, he just means like on, on the corner, you know, right. just that overlap. Right, some people right think word. that they have, but some people have this idea that if you lap things correctly in a shower, right. that they're gonna shed the water it's properly. Like on a roof, no. It's n yeah. That's not gonna happen because yeah. if, if you're gonna leak water down to the waterproofing, which it it's designed to get down there, it's gonna, your water is going to get to your waterproof membrane. Mm -hmm. It's gonna go through the grout lines, grout, epoxy grout, sandy grout, any of those grouts, they're not waterproof. That's right. And more than likely where that water is gonna migrate first is a small hairline crack on an inside corner at your floor and shower mm -hmm. application. And it doesn't matter if that crack goes straight down or straight back. <laughs> That's right. It's you have so much surface tension with that water and that small crack, Just it's gonna wick it back there That's no right. matter what. Because you have a grout line going back under that wall at every butt. I mean, you have grout lines going perpendicular, right. you have grout lines, it's it's a non-issue. Right. But yeah. so so why not do the floor tile first anyways? If you're shimming up and planning it just to protect them and keep them safe, or why why start with walls first? This is basic level like first so, day on the job, but no, no, it's it's preference. Preference. Oh. There is no right or wrong. Oh. It's whatever you prefer. I'm I, I make a mess on the floor. If I set my shower floor first and I don't protect it a hundred percent, I'm gonna get thin set down mm -hmm. onto the tile and mm -hmm. into my grout lines, mm -hmm. and then I have an issue. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if I don't set my shower floor until the very last, Got it. it stays the cleanest for me. So go. that's yeah. the only reason okay. that I do it that way. Yeah. I've done shower floors first. It, yeah, it's, it works. Each their own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, that makes sense. It's like the cabinet guy. Some guys put the uppers up first. Yeah. Some guys put the lowers in right. first. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, and for Mega Rawberry and anybody else who thought that the real uh, it, it, they wouldn't have the question. I must not have filmed that super tight of of you shimming up the exact thing and then That's there. and I guess installing that. Uh, tile underneath did we get that in the video because that's, that's a tiny moment but that really like it's in the video but it's hard it's yeah. hard to see it it's not like yeah. you're like right over the top of me showing you yeah. tuck that tile underneath yeah. you know and it was that mosaic tile and sheets anyhow so it's not like it was a big chunk, yeah you correct. know single piece yeah. but on the on the shower bench they're correct the walls went in first yeah and then my uh the top of my bench went to my walls yeah is it a failure no is it yeah. an issue no did my cuts have to be more precise than my floor cuts were? Yes. Yeah. You know what I liked about that film angle right there? It showed the nice slope on that bench. You could yeah. see those tapered side pieces run up. That bingo, water's coming yeah. off of there. Yeah, filming um, you, Phil, and filming Tile in general was one of the easiest in a lot of ways because you were in one spot and there was light overhead. Lots of light. And uh, it worked well. But one of the challenges was your you were almost always in the way of where the action was, <laughs> yep. and there's no like going to the other side. Like with the roofers, I could always like get or someone else, I could always move. But it was right there, and so on the edges, you know, when you were like reaching, it was pretty much like the best shot to like mm -hmm. kind of see what was going on. Right. I got to imagine when you're training somebody, this is a little bit of a challenge too, because do it like this, uh, and they can't yeah, see. Yeah, our it. shower was big. You could fit two guys in there, but there's a lot of showers that are probably smaller. So oh, yeah. you're training people and you're kind of like, oh, geez, all right, come in here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'd be surprised at how many guys you can fit in a 30 by 30 shower. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's not talk about yeah. that on this show, okay? <laughs> all right. Um, all right, here's a question. And uh, this is, I, I'm probably skipping a bunch of steps, but that's okay. Um, around the grout, uh, this guy, Nicholas Lujan, or Lujan, uh, why not just use a damp toothbrush to clean the squeeze out hole installing the tile english as a second language probably then there's no risk of penetrating the membrane okay what i think he's asking is 
you guys went back and cleaned with Detailed a razor. It. And I think I'm, I'm thinking, and you did, I guess, clean before, but he's wondering why not do it with a toothbrush when it's <clears> damp <throat> instead of doing it with a razor later. Yeah, he's right. I mean, you can, you can do it that way. And you know, what it doesn't show in that video is me washing it with a sponge. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think what, and I, I, there's a lot of flack on some of those videos saying, you know, like a real tile setter doesn't have yeah. a messy grout joint or, you know, oh. whatever they, and, and that's fine. But when you're installing these things and you're in production mode, right? You're it's get the wall up, mm -hmm. right? Um, Sometimes you don't have the time to yeah. get every single spec. Now, could you? Yeah, you I, I, I could. But it would probably cut into my production. Yeah, and leave the thin set getting hard and crusting over and break the flow up. And then your phone rings and... and. Right. And then also, I mean, one of the things is, is like, I top set my spacers mm -hmm. in that application, right? Which means I'm not... Sh those were T spacers that I was using. And you could theoretically shove them into the T joint that like they're supposed to be used or like they can be used. oh i see oh and then do you pull them out later still or you just like thin set over no them? those are actually leave-in spacers the ones that i was using oh. you can they're they're super hard so oh. they don't you don't run the risk of uh compression like the old rubber ones if you didn't if you pull them out you could compress that joint because they were just rubber oh so these are super hard plastic so you can leave them in but one of the issues um that i have with leaving them in or using them in that application is um, a lot of tiles. These were not, but a lot of tiles are, they have a, a bevel to the edges of them, right? So they start out, um, if you butted them tight together at the base of the tile, you're going to have, you know, it's going to be touching, but at the top, there might be a 16th of an inch of, of gap. So if you don't top set your spacers and you just use, you rely on shoving those in just, so every time you can vary your grout line. Mm. If you shove it in, mm. if, if one one joint you shoved in all the way to oh, the back of the tile, mm. you maybe space the, the face of that three sixteenths of an inch. If mm. the other one you just pushed in flush to the face of the tile, then maybe you're only a sixteenth of an inch there. Mm. So I always top set my spacers yeah. so that I get the same depth of spacing every single mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. But with doing that, it eliminates my ability to go back with a scrub brush right. and scrub those joints because oh, I have okay. spacers in sure, there. Sure, you can't out. just like go nuts wiping it. Yeah. Right, because I'm gonna knock all my spacers yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so there's, I mean, yeah, ideally, when you're done with a installation, it's spotless. Yeah. Realistically, I never have that. Mm-hmm. And it's like either way, you'd be going back just checking, you know, and doing a maybe only one or two. It's like no matter what that step. So in terms of production, just do all the steps in one time. Okay, now I'm going to really clean. So I can see why it makes sense to I, sort of I, not stress about that. Yeah, I think in reality, if I were to be that clean and meticulous and, and making sure that all of the joints are perfectly ready to grout the next day, it would add five six hours to my install time easily mm -hmm. yeah but i can detail that shower in about 30 minutes there you go yeah there, there you go. go now do i run the risk of penetrating my waterproofing mm -hmm. yes i do mm -hmm. do you have to be careful yes you do but yeah. I, there's a give and take there for yeah, me and it's bet. more yeah. productive and profitable there for you me go. so there's the answer you know a guy a guy analyzes his workflow he figures out what works best, and at the end of the day, what is it that leaves the most money in that in your right. in your account? Right. 
Yeah. Well, you just charge more for your showers too. I'd rather not pay. I'd rather pay for five hours less of the yeah of the right. professional's time and take and trust his muscle memory right. to to detail it out. Although maybe we should say if I was going to do my own shower, I you know it's a totally different feel, and I probably would be like going slow and it wouldn't be a big deal so i guess the answer might be like yeah maybe and maybe you said this like go for it if someone wants well, to well i mean if you're doing your own shower you're you don't care about you don't care. labor costs right. you don't care about it's time it's your labor it's time yeah. Yeah. right so if you spend there you go. 3 weeks in a shower and yeah. you saved yourself $12,000 yeah. yeah then great yeah. yeah but for me i mean I, you know, totally. I'm, I'm here to make a profit. I'm That's here right. to put food on the table. That's so right. it yeah. takes me more time to do something. I'm going to figure out whichever way is to Cut expedite yeah, everything and go that direction. Cut the time out, keep the pro- yeah. quality up. And yeah. one thing about this video, and actually a lot of the videos that gets lost in translation, people don't realize is the, you, you kind of think you could do all the tile and then all the cleaning, but there's like, like, for example, even with tile, you know, you came and you doing the grout on this day here on the same day that you set these tile and, say, and there's like just all this kind of choppiness that um, gets, it's, it doesn't come through the camera super well. They think like the guy walks in and just boom, 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 boom. In other words, just like on the, the shower, there's probably, I don't know, six or seven different days that you were setting tile up halfway up here, halfway up here. I'm just visualizing how much sense it makes to be like, okay, on Friday morning, we're going to come back and detail everything as opposed to saying, like, oh, we didn't you know brush out this exact part of that shower it's just it simplifies greatly to just not put that on the you know yeah i mean it's for me i guess i was i'm always kind of surprised at what people fixate Mm -hmm. on in the videos Mm -hmm. and and i just thought wow that's that's what you guys want to talk okay i mean (laughs) i mean that's fine i mean to me it's just a non-issue sure you know i i it's just it's yeah. so much of the repetitiveness so for routine. me, you know, that I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, this is what we, how just we work. do it. And, just work. and then I'm just like, wow, that's interesting to people or wow, they're upset at me about that or wow, <laughs> that, you know, it's that's okay, funny. cool. Oh, someone asked about um, the grout and it's an epoxy grout. You put that Vaseline looking stuff in there. What's, what's that? So I think I asked at the time, but what is that? So epoxy grout is exactly that. Like when you put in a model airplane together, it's a two part glue. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have a part A and a part B. Mm-hmm. That was part A or part B. So you have to mix that component into the body of the grout mm-hmm. to start the chemical reaction. So the body of the grout already has part A or B, and that Vaseline looking stuff is the other. Correct. And you just so mix it's that like in. every other epoxy. You mix two parts yep. and it gets hard after that happens. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have an open time on your, uh, on the grout. Yeah. And you, better be done yeah when it's gone yeah so 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 your dad introduced me to epoxy grout on that shower that i did and dave luger helped me on that shower at my at my folks and time was not a consideration we were so achingly slow right and we probably got about 85 percent as nice a job as you guys would have got in terms of the appearance of the tile it's pretty it's very respectable Mm -hmm. okay it works fine and it's waterproof um but man when he said you're going to use epoxy grout i thought holy smokes dave remember who you're talking to here you know and it was so scary at first. Mm-hmm. And then you get into a roll and you realize how the vin- talk about the vinegar here in a second. But you realize, wow, vinegar in this water makes it wipe off there like magic. And I don't have to be afraid of it. And in some ways, it was easier to get the grout depth with that stuff because it has so much body and it's kind of right. sticky. And so it'll stay right there. But so do you have any idea why that vinegar does it? And it's t- talk about the vinegar and the water that makes epoxy wipeable. So. 
so where I learned that from was actually from a Latticree seminar that I had gone to for their epoxy grout. Um, they actually send out in their grout um, uh, powder in two packets <clears throat> to clean their product with one of them. It's the first wash or the initial wash and then the final wash. Um, and so at this seminar, we're going through this whole thing and the guy says, well, open up that packet. So we open up the packet. And he's like, all right, taste it. Taste it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, this has got to be some sort of a nasty chemical. I said, I'm not tasting that. And he says, it's citric acid. It's Yeah. Yeah. And so what it is, is it's the acid in the vinegar mm -hmm. that helps to cut the resin in the uh, epoxy itself. Mm -hmm. I, and so, yeah, it... All those little tricks are what makes uh, epoxy grout workable because, yeah. and I use hot water. Uh, oh yeah. I remember that's right. He had me use warm water. Yeah. 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 Hot water. It just, because epoxy, when it gets cold, it gets hard. Yeah. So if you throw cold water on top of it, it's even harder to get, you know, tooled down into the right joint depth, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, introducing vinegar. And then the nice thing about it is, is that, not everybody or Latacrete's the only one that I think sends out any type of cleaning solution with their epoxy grout. So mm -hmm. if you just have a jug of vinegar with you, you can pretty much do all epoxy grouts with it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it makes the initial wash and then the final cleanup so much easier. And I'm not sure because everybody was really freaked out about epoxy grout on the video. I don't know if, um, if it, they're experiencing an old epoxy grout or whatever the case may be, because the new epoxy grout has become fairly user-friendly, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's no longer, you got to suit up in this hazmat suit, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, be con concerned about the fumes and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you have to take your, you know, your precautions and everything, but it's mainstream for us. I, I yeah. mean, I rarely do a non-sanded or a sanded grout anymore. Mm. I, it's, I'd have to say 99% of my jobs wow. are epoxy grout. Except you were telling me on ceramic tile because of the halo effect that can happen. Yeah, certain. So yeah, actually in your in your bathroom, that tub surround that you'll see a video on, um, we did use uh, a sanded grout um, because you can get something called a haloing effect um, with a soft bodied ceramic tile where the resins from that tile or resins from that grout actually penetrate into the sides of the tile itself the edges correct the un the, un, the not glossy edge correct the unglazed portion the ceramic body and it'll actually wick that resin in and it'll discolor the mm. uh in the in the body of the tile itself so it looks like a halo all I the way see. around that tile mm. and there's no way to get it out it's yeah. done yeah and so yeah, yeah. so it. there's certain obviously limitations um so a natural stone also you have to be really careful if you're going to use an epoxy grout because when you grout like slate with epoxy grout it looks like you've put an enhancing sealer oh get a little glossy the resins the oils from oh. that grout get into the body of the tile and it looks a little shiny ah, hmm. and so if that's not what the homeowner wanted you're in trouble problem that's so funny i've always thought and this is reminding me over half of what you get from a professional is you get you get their skill and the muscle memory and the tools, but knowing these details about how materials Bam. interact and which one to use is 
so valuable. It and is. man, like even a guy going to DIY a shower, here's like a bunch of mistakes that you just rattled off yep. that could have nuked the shower. Yep. It's amazing. And it's just reminding me how valuable that is. Like, I guess that's part of experience, but it's just that accumulation of like, yep. of things that can go wrong that probably learned the hard way, but <laughs> exactly. That, that's that's exactly it. We, if you've learned these things, you've learned them because you enhanced a slate floor that wasn't <laughs> yeah. supposed to be enhanced. And all of a sudden you're like, uh, is this okay? And Mrs. Mickelhenny said, take that yeah, out. Exactly. And so, yeah, absolutely. You, you pay for that person's experience as much as you pay for that that's person's right. skill set. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, talking about the DIYers. So one of the biggest um, comments out there about the Schluter product was how expensive it is. Yeah. And it goes back to exactly what we were talking about. If you're setting your own shower and you're trying to save money, there are cheaper ways to go. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, you introduce a bunch of different installer errors that could possibly happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you really do have to weigh out when it comes down to cost is the savings yeah. worth the risk time yeah you know and for me it is a time thing because mm-hmm. it shaves down the amount of time it takes me to get the preparatory work in my shower it shaves uh, almost two days mm-hmm. off of my prep time bam wow. bam and so those are the types of things that you yeah i mean is it when just from an initial if you walk into home depot and you see hardy backer here for 13 dollars a sheet and then you see a sheet of foam over it you know wherever else and it's a hundred dollars mm-hmm. a sheet. Yeah. You're like, well, obviously I'm going to go over <laughs> yeah. here, you know. But mm-hmm. now you got to make sure that you've got the correct waterproofing to go over the top of that, the vapor barrier mm-hmm. behind, you know, all these different yeah. types of things. So, yeah. yeah, you know, it's definitely a give and take as far as which product you want to use. Yeah. And like I said, they all work yeah. when installed properly. So let's roll it back around to Dave. <clears throat> um, and and I don't. Is this is this somehow? I hope this is. He is Mr. Miyagi. Okay. <laughs> okay. He is right. Mr. Miyagi. His personality is bam, do it like this, grasshopper. Okay. And and he really knows. And and I yeah, as I got to know him better a few years ago, I thought, wow, what a, what a unique personality. I mean, he just he yeah, he he's unassuming. He drives old vehicles. <laughs> he gets out and his tools are worn and and he he doesn't cut I mean Customer satisfaction is great, but he will also, a couple times with me as a customer, would tell me exactly how it is. No, no, you really don't want to do that. He, right. he doesn't. He, he doesn't brook fools easily, right? And so I just, I, I just, your dad's all right. I wish he was here, but probably he's a little more allergic to cameras than we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I could not have learned from a better person. Yeah. You know, um, obviously, I'm going to be partial. It's my dad. Sure, but. Um, yeah, his, he's definitely set in certain ways mm-hmm. about like customer care and, and, you know, making sure that you have the correct, that you're following the rules essentially. Mm-hmm. But as far as innovation goes, he was actually the one that more pushed for Schluter than me. Interesting. So I think he wow. saw the validity of mm-hmm. their product in our company. And saw may, maybe what it was was age. An older man, you know. Yeah, let's make, make saying, it easier, hey, son. Let's let's not pack, you know, mm-hmm. fifty pound sheets in. Let's pack 
12 pound sheets in mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what it was, or maybe it was the fact that it, um, it fit into our scope well, but he's been, he's been the guy that's always been like, let's check out this new product. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do this. Let's try this. Yeah. And, uh, it's actually been me more kind of digging my heels in going, well, why don't we just stay with what we're doing? Yeah. I mean, it seems to be working just fine. And he's like, no, he's like, he's the one that always wants to go to the trade shows and, you know, and, Interesting. and now I see the benefit to that. But early on, I really didn't see the benefit. That's I'm like, Hey, we're doing just fine here. Why do I need to go off and see what everybody else is doing? Interesting. And here we are. You know, something you told me that. And, and, and I, I guess I would have guessed this in, uh, sort of intuitively, but at some point somebody pointed out to you that five recent real estate listings for houses for sale had in the description of the property tile work by Dave who, <laughs> how about that? You know, in a, in a town this size, that that's, uh, that's not nothing. That is not nothing. Okay? Uh, I don't, I don't even know how to respond to that. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's when I saw that, well, well, my, <laughs> my dad says that's stupid. <laughs> um, it's cool. It I mean, cool. it's cool. I, I, I guess I just don't see us in that capacity. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, sure. I, 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 and neither does he, but somebody does, you know, apparently, apparently, apparently so yeah, that's awesome. You know? And so it's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Phil. And like I said, viewers, we got one more tile video, and I think we'll find a way to put some of this information in there. I'm, we'll see how it goes, but and you might get um, a chance to see Phil when he was nine. <laughs> yeah, well, we we will we'll definitely share those pictures. Those are pretty classic and um, and cool. Though you probably weren't having all that much fun when the pictures are being taken, but <laughs> looking back, <laughs> not not so much in, in in those pictures. No. <laughs> all right, Phil. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing our tile work. And uh, if, if you missed those episodes, by the way, everybody, you a hundred percent have to watch them. A hundred percent. They're they're not skippable. It's this whole uh, trade that is a. It's. I mean, worldwide, this is like one of like the titans of tradesmen, you know, lore. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the the tile setter. And so, um, watch this, get a feel for what the trade's like, and then this you'll you'll know a lot more um, than we were able to cover here. So, thanks everybody. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Phil.